Have you ever wanted to be the first to know if aliens really exist? Well, with Nebula, you can be! Nebula is the streaming service that's home to its Probably Not Aliens, as well as our YouTube channels. And the best part? All of our content goes up early on Nebula. So when we break first contact with E.T., you'll be the first to find out. That's right, you'll be able to listen to the next episode of this show before anyone else. Plus, we post bonus content that you won't find any other place. And the best part? By signing up for Nebula at nebula.tv slash probablynotaliens, you're directly supporting the show and both of us. So don't wait any longer. Join Nebula today and be the first to know if this time it really is aliens. Energy. We're talking about yes. energy today. We're talking about energy today. We record. Remember when we used to record these these episodes at night at like seven p.m. Yeah. But because we would talk for an hour before each episode, it was actually eight p.m. Now we record at eleven p.m. and it's actually noon now. Uh, you mean not 11, eleven a.m. Yeah, we, we, do, we do it later now. Yeah, we do it even later. No, we now we record it at eleven a.m. But it is noon because we keep t- we keep spending an hour talking about anything YouTube and AI and everything about the world. It's the highlight of my week, so it's fine. Yeah, we record in the mornings. Are you caffeinated? Are you awake? I am always caffeinated. That's my secret, Cap. That's the thing is that like everybody has a relationship with caffeine, and I'm always curious about yes. what people's are because I feel like uh, you can learn a lot about somebody by their relationship with uh with caffeine so scott what is your relationship to this wonderful brain drug i growing up i was i did not like coffee at all really uh you know i grew up in the south so my i really liked sweet tea but that was more sugar than caffeine so as i got older though I definitely got into coffee and then I pulled away from coffee and got back into hot, hot breakfast teas. Yeah, you're a fan. You're you're now a known, a known tea figure. I'm a known tea drinker these days. You know, I'm in it's it's getting the weather's getting warmer. So I am drinking colder like green tea beverages in the morning. I like batch make some green tea, put it in little glass bottles that I store in my fridge. And I just I mix that with a little bit of get some green tea, you get some pineapple juice, you get some coconut milk. That's a good refresh. It tastes like you're on a beach every day of the year when you drink that. It does sound nice. It's so good. So that's my caffeine. That's what I'm doing right now for caffeine. That sounds very responsible. What's your relationship with caffeine? It's not good. Not Um, good? I drink an amount of coffee that would probably be considered irresponsible to the point where I am numbed to the point where I I now have a coffee at like 7 p.m. to get me through till 10. Um, There you go. But uh, that comes from the fact that I spent the last, uh, oh, uh, almost, yeah, 15 months and change uh, with a very irregular sleeping pattern. And tonight, to this day, probably get about six hours of sleep a night. So that's not really your fault, though. And you're <laughs> dancing around it, but there is a person to blame for that. Yes, yes. There's a very, there's a little gremlin that lives in our house that's a little uh, tiny gremlin who just showed up who, who decided, was, like, take care of me, feed me, yep. pay attention to me. 
he decided that 5.30, for example, this morning was uh, was time to wake up. Yeah. Do you, I have to ask, we both have ADHD. I take Adderall, which I know you, you shouldn't really drink too much caffeine when you're on Adderall. I don't, does your, does that, does your, does caffeine affect your, any sort of regimen that you're on? This is an extremely personal question that you do not it's, it's have to fine. answer. Um, I am not on any, I'm not on Adderall or any sort of, um, what's it called? Uh, any sort of uh, stimulant, like stimulant medication. Yeah. Uh, I'm on a, for ADHD, I'm on a sort of off-label use of Wellbutrin, which is typically an, uh, an anxiety drug, an anti-anxiety medication. So... Gotcha. Makes you real sweaty. Um, it sure does. I was on that for a little bit. Yeah, but uh, but basically I, I'm on that uh, mostly because, um, you know, uh, blood pressure reasons and stuff like that. But anyways, yes. um, I am a uh, I'm still a uh, terrible abuser of caffeine to the point where like I coffee all the time. And then every so often, if I like need like sort of nitrous or nitro in the engine, I buy mm-hmm. something like a sugar free monster or something something like that. Just nice. Like, when I'm like, I can't like, this is literally like I'm redlining the engines. I just need to burn through four <laughs> hours where I can actually do something. And that's when I do can that. I, can I say, I used to know people and I'm sure there are people who, who are listening who are also like this, but so I'm not like, I don't want to judge or anything, but I definitely used to know people who did not like the taste of coffee, didn't really care for tea. So their morning beverage was they would go walk to like a convenience store that was close by and pick up like a sugar-free monster and that was what they drank every single morning god that's 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 a lot that's a lot to wake up to yeah i will say that i'm i'm coming under the conclusion that um i think i think convenience stores are are bad i think they're like they're almost like if you think about it what are the things that they mostly sell it's cigarettes okay unhealthy snack food and lottery tickets it's literally all vices That is true. In in defense, though, of the snack foods, you know, sometimes that's all you have if you're in the middle of a food desert. See, I'm gonna make you feel bad by by being like, "Hey, people, people rely on those sometimes." Tristan, yeah, well, maybe right? instead of Our convenience stores, there should be groceries. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Um, I agree. But it does feel like every time I'm there, I'm like, "Wow, every one of these things in the store is basically um, an unhealthy, addictive substance or." or mm-hmm. practice that is exploiting um, the the dopamine loops in people's brains to get them to do something that's yeah. not good for them. Um, that's either- true. Sometimes they have donuts love me a donut yeah it's it's sugar or salt or fat or um or lottery tickets which you know uh for people who have gambling issues is a problem and also is just uh attacks on people who don't know math and cigarettes which i think <laughs> is like the fact that cigarettes are still legal is just baffling wild to me yeah and, and of course caffeine in unhealthy uh, amounts so, so so why are we talking about caffeine why did you want to talk about caffeine because today we're talking about energy, uh, energy. on this podcast that's called it's probably not aliens Menergy, remember Menergy. that? Yeah, it's uh, the old school gun. internet. That's probably I don't want to rewatch it now because it's probably problematic. But like a jet fighter full of biceps, we are hot and ready to talk about this <laughs> podcast today. Um, 
Yes. What is this podcast? What is this podcast? This is a podcast called It's Probably Not Aliens, where we debunk uh, ancient a- ancient astronaut theory in the History Channel show Ancient Aliens. We're going through it. And uh, there's a lot to talk about. What are I, But I don't know anything about it because my name is Scott Nicewander and I'm the host that knows nothing. I, I am drinking one of my delicious green tea drinks, though. And my name... Just looking it up real quick so you don't want to get anything wrong. Yeah. Um, Let's double check. Double check. My name is Tristan Johnson, and I am brought to you by uh, guaranine or methylibromine or 137 trimethylxanthine or 7 methylophylline or thiene, which are all other names for caffeine. Great. I thought you were looking up what your name was. My name is Tristan Johnson, and I somehow <laughs> do this. Every week. And I well, and, we know and live. you say, hold on, you say somehow, but we've established how it's through the power of caffeine and through the power of energy. Through the power of caffeine and not sleeping. Mm-hmm. Um, don't do this. You know, in 20 years, don't do it. In 20 years, I'll be like on my seventh heart and you guys will, uh, will know why I shouldn't have done this. But my name is Tristan Johnson and I do this. Um, today, we're talking about energy and we are sort of getting into, we're getting close to the end of oh. first episode of season two of Ancient Aliens with this one. Oh boy, this is going to take us forever. Yeah, but we are um, basically covering in this and the next episode the overall claims that we were talking about with uh, with the uh, the Puerta de Omarca and like um, and um, mm-hmm. Marco Wasi uh, and the Zone of Silence, which is that they claim that these were all stargates or that these were places Stargates. of teleportation or powers. Now we're going to talk about teleportation and wormholes next week. Yay. But this one, we're going to be talking about uh, another word that came up. So this is literally another one of those ones that's based on like two sentences of the show. <laughs> and we're going to make a whole episode about it. Yeah. So basically the idea is that on ancient aliens, they said that there are uh, locations around the world that have quote baffled scientists for years because of the strange phenomenon, things like the Bermuda triangle, but also the zone of silence and the gate of the gods but they some believe that these are portals millions of people around the world believe these are millions of people around the world yeah portals (laughs) or gateways that aliens use to get to earth and that according to ancient aliens the way that these things are powered is through the world grid which (gasps) that's we've talked about before we we talked about before which is a geometric pattern of energy that is crossing the globe and our ancient ancestors knew how to tap into that power to their advantage and that is what um that is what they're using to power these these things. There's areas in the world that have vortexes of invisible energies that come together and crisscross the world. Oh. And it has something to do with geometric shapes. We see things like yes. in Greece, the Pythagorean school believed that there was something called sacred geometry oh. that could, through the power of shapes, um, oh. uh, create tons of energy. I actually, this is one of the fun things. So I have a whole bunch of degrees and stuff like that that I never hang up because I I, I don't, I, I don't know. One of the ones I do want to hang hey, up. Hey, did you know that shapes have also a bunch of degrees because the, that's, how, ah. that's how you make shapes? Hey. Anyway, The, the one thing ahead. I want to hang up is I have for some reason I think it's because my parents were cleaning out the house and they're getting rid of the stuff that I didn't think to grab when I moved out to go to college. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, um, oh, 13 years ago. Um, 
Uh-oh. But it's a framed graduation certificate for me from kindergarten mm. with, oh. with stickers about all of the things that I excelled at. And according to that, I know my shapes. So that's awesome. Um, man, I'm so proud of you. You know your shapes. Hey, quick, hold on. What's what's the what's the round one called? Oh, it's not a triangle. Nope. You got good, good. Use your noodle. It's not a pentagon, because pentagon pent means five. Right. Wow, you you knew that really early. I'm gonna say garden. it's that's a dodecahedron. Mm, we'll smooth it out and say that's right. Yeah. Okay. Close cool, enough. Cool. Excellent. Um, so yeah, so this is like a thing that like the, the Pythagoreans believed. Uh, because Pythagoras thought that triangles had magic powers or something. Um, and Gosh, according, why, what is it with trying? Everyone is always with these trying. I don't know. Triangles, pyra- very pyramids important. and Bass Pro Shop. According to ancient aliens, UFO sightings can be found around this world grid and that uh, they come here to, uh, I guess, like these are like sort of planetary gas stations because UFOs come here to siphon the energy off our planets. In various places, uh, you might find things like uh, in Europe, they're called ley lines. Another episode we did. Yeah, we've done that. And the ancient people who built these and harnessed these powers Mm -hmm. were all tapping into the same energy source, which uh, according to ancient aliens, some theorists are calling geomancy geomancy harvesting energy from the earth and that is the topic of today's episode now obviously geo i'm gonna break it i'm gonna use my stems you are good at shapes i'm I'm good at stems Mm -hmm. um geo earth Yes. Mm-hmm. Mancy. Um, See, that's just it. Read it a lot feels of Mancy like Drew it, comics. Uh. <laughs> well, it feels because I, I know of things like necromancy in like you're in the D&D same thing and such. Yeah. Is it is it like sort of like control over or like power? Over? Is power? Magic. Is power. Magic. I could have just done that. I didn't think they were going to do straight magic. I was thinking like, what's a, what's like a better, safer word for magic? Like power? But no, it's just magic. All right. More or less. Yeah. So we've, so to talk about this, cause this is uh this is going to be one where we're going to be, ooh, dancing a little bit with words. Cause geomancy wait. is a real word that has a lot of history, but the thing that they're refer- like, hold on, wait, is this like earthbending? Yes, definitely. <gasps> Except Hell it, yeah. in a lot of ways it's like earthbending, but in a lot of more accurate ways it's not. Oh, okay. But it is earth magic. Um, I love it. So what they're referring to, what they called in the episode uh, geomancy, sounded to me just like world grid theory and ley lines, which we talked about on episodes 39 and 40. And we talked about mm-hmm. Cholula, and we talked about uh, how the earth is a D20 and ley lines and all that kind of stuff. We, we've covered we sure those did. topics already. So, But then I'm like, geomancy is a way older word, and I know that that has more significance. So here's the quick for people who um, did not listen to episodes 39 and 40, but basically ley lines- by the way you should great episode but here's the tldl uh ley lines are basically lines around the earth that in 20th century europe people uh thought meant that they uh demarked where earth energies are and that they were guides to spacecraft but archaeologists and scientists have pointed out that it's pseudo history it's pseudo archaeology there's nothing to it uh it was put forward in the 1920s by a guy named alfred watkins was rejected by the archaeological establishment but in the 1960s nonetheless it became popular especially in Britain and especially among countercultural people who belong to something called the Earth Mysteries Movement, which is sort of an idea that there are um, you know special powers in the Earth that are uh, that show up in things like this. Yeah, this led to a sort of cottage industry of people called lay hunters who would try and find ley lines across the 
landscape. Um, but there's no evidence that these ley lines are an actual phenomenon and that these lines typically, if they were of any actual thing, they were usually trade pathways or ceremonial lines. But for the most part, they're just lines drawn between points because in Europe, there's a lot of historical points. So you could just draw a line and connect anything really. Right, exactly. There's just a lot of there's a lot of important historical things. Mm-hmm. And so when yeah, when you when you draw when you draw something between two points, we tend to call that a line. Yes. And we as we talked about it, that we found ley lines like uh to sort of make a joke about it. Uh some Londoners f- found the the pizza ley lines in London because they were able to draw lines to the city where all of the London pizza restaurants were and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So um, so like ley lines just turned out to be uh, our phenomenon, it, you know, it's constellations, but with stuff on the ground, uh, and there was no yeah. real scientific basis to it, especially because as we saw in the episode that they were connecting things that were built like hundreds, sometimes even thousands of years separated from each other. Right. There's no way that they would have been able that there, yeah, like the, there wasn't really any planning necessarily between everything. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, but th- so that's like basically what they were trying to call geomancy, but geomancy is a real thing and that's what i want to get to because there's there is something called geomancy but it's not i'm all right just the concept of ley lines and world grid theory geomancy is a form of what's called divination okay now do you know what divination is divination divine divining divination is it like prophecy yeah prophecy is a form of divination all right it's basically an attempt to use magic of some kind to answer a question, uh, whether it be about the future, whether it be about something that's going on. Divination is uh, the probably the most common ones you would think of are fortune telling, tarot card readings, yeah, reading the bones, um, those kinds of things. Oh, that's one that's not used as often. Everyone's doing tarot cards these days. I need more people to read bones. Yeah, we need more bones, more tea, tea leaves. Yes. Uh, so th- that's that, what I should do. Yeah, because you're when a tea I'm guy, as we my, established. When I'm done brewing my tea, I'll just read some tea leaves. Exactly. So it does seem, though, what's interesting is that every culture has had some form of divination. Some examples would be in ancient Greece, you had oracles and seers who, I I, I hesitate to say this because I imagine it's going to end up on some sort of correction episode, but I seem to recall it was about like young people getting high off of like veins of natural gas and then spouting stuff that would end up being prophecies. But I imagine that that's just some discovery channel construction that's not actually true. But, but there were people called oracles in ancient Greece or seers who would be able to tell the future. In the Middle Ages, it was also a thing, especially uh, around the world. In Europe, it was frowned upon because a lot of Christian leaders thought that the divination was a type of magic, and magic was generally considered Magic's bad. Bad. But even Can't then, do it. yeah. Can I say they were growing up, growing up in like a Christian environment? I was. They were very strict on on that Harry Potter was bad, and they were right, but not for the reasons they thought they were right. That's for. true. The strange alliance between the the hardcore Christians and uh, decent people is uh, yeah is the disliking Harry Potter, but for completely different reasons. <laughs> different reasons. If anything, now that those people who are probably against Harry Potter like uh, fifteen years ago are probably now fiercely defending it because oh yeah of uh, the That's way things true. have changed. Mm-hmm. Um, 
curious, like, did you ever see that uh, Jesus Camp documentary? No, I don't think so. Oh, terrifying documentary about a bunch of kids at like a hardcore Pentecostal like summer camp. Um, but there's a part where the uh, the main preacher there she like rails against the the wizardry and warlocks of uh, of Harry Potter. Mm. I'm wondering what her takes on Harry Potter are today, and I imagine that she has a much more favorable view of it in the last I don't know two years or so. You know, I just like J.K. Rowling's other books. You know, the <laughs> ones the ones where there was like what was it the uh, the trans serial killer or something. Like or, that? Uh, I don't know. Horrible. I, I read one that was like about um basically about poor people being bad. And the only thing that's worse than Great. poor people are fat people. And the, the villain is just like a, a really fat guy, and then he dies of a heart attack at the end. Fantastic. Casual vacancy, that was what it was called. Um good stuff. Awful, good awful author. Book. Um, yeah. but yeah, divination still, even though, you know, uh, we talk about, you know, um, Europe was thoroughly Christianized at a certain point, but a lot of, uh, pagan folk magics and stuff like that still continued around. We've talked about that in the head binding episode where that was still practiced as like a sort of pre-Christian ritual. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's just like part of pre-Christian magic and divination and stuff like that has all been part of European folklore, but it yeah. is a, it is a global phenomenon and pretty much every culture has it. Um, Muslims have had a uh, a whole form of uh, divination that included geom- uh, geomancy astrology and interpreting dreams uh, in fact geomancy as the Europeans know it came from the Islamic world like almost every discovery it seems yeah divination also uh, was a big in Mesoamerican religious life you know with astrology and uh, and seers and stuff like that being a big part of them astrology that's another form of divination if you think about it yeah another thing that you might find what's your sign have we talked about this what's your sign Sagittarius so like December January uh, end of November see I don't actually know then i'm just i know that M- emily's a sagittarius but I don't, but she's like right on the like right on the cusp so i don't know i think i might Sag- be too i think i might be right at the beginning of it but i am uh my birthday is november 27th november for all 27th. of you who are planning my gifts in a, uh in advance as far oh, yeah, you're as right. april you're right emily's not on the cusp of it she's right in the middle i always forget that they're like sort of at the end november december that's sagittarius do you know your 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 sun and your rising and your moon? I don't know any of those things. No, no, I don't know any of those. I'm in I'm an Adderall rising. <laughs> you're, you're an Alexapro moon. There you go. Um, another version of divination you might find is something called Tayam in India, Nepal, in which a person invites a Hindu god or goddess to answer a question by basically possessing their bodies. Oh, uh, there's also forms of divination practiced in uh, in Japan that is sort of a mix of Western in Chinese astrology, things like feng, uh, feng shui, tarot cards, and physiognomy are like a thing in in Japan. Japan has like taken a whole bunch of these different like divination methods, and it's become it's like a real like popular thing there to the point where yeah. um, they do astrology like personality typing for a bunch of stuff. The biggest one in Japan that I think is very interesting is blood typing. Um, okay, blood typing like where like there's a big thing in, in like in Japan, but I think it's also a thing in Korea as well, where uh, your blood type is supposed to say a lot about your personality and possibly tell your future and stuff like that. Interesting. <laughs> blood. T- I don't even know what my blood type is. I know mine. It's a positive because I donate blood regularly because you're a positive person. Aww. 
Um, but yeah, like, uh, there's also, you have physical characteristics, uh, and numerology all, all are like popular in Japan. Um, they Mm. there's Japanese tarot cards you can buy that have like pop culture figures and historical figures on them. It's a whole thing. Japan, Japan, we could do an entire episode on Japanese divination practices. I would love to. That's not what we're talking about today. Uh, there's also something called Po, which is a divination practice in Taiwan that uses crescent shaped blocks or Kyoa, uh, which is a more serious type of divination done in Taiwan that uses a wooden chair. Um, another place where divination to do hmm? to do what? What do you use? How do you use the chair? Let's go on a journey and find out. Because you can't just sit in it. I don't want anyone accidentally divining anything. All right. Um, a small wooden chair and around the sides of the chair are small pieces of wood that can move up and down in their sockets. This causes a clicking sound when the chair is moved in any way. Two men hold this chair by its legs before an altar while the while incense is being burned and the deity is invited to descend onto the chair. It's seen that it is in the chair by an onset of motion. Eventually, the chair crashes onto a table prepared with wood chips and burlap. The characters on the table are then traced and these are said to be written by the deity who possessed the chair. These characters are then interpreted for the devotees. Dang. Yeah. Stuff's cool. There is a lot of cool stuff. And you know, there's so many cool things around the world. Has anyone ever thought about that? That's not even getting so cool. That's not even getting into things like the I Ching or uh, all sorts of other forms of of divination. Um, Mm. It's a pretty big practice in a lot of African folk traditions that still carry to this day. Uh, The most prominent one probably being the religion Serer, which is a religion in Senegal today that uh, has Mm. um, divination being a like central tenet of the faith. So uh, divination has, is, and likely will still continue to be a big part of the human experience because we love to categorize people and draw patterns about our future based on uh, Mm -hmm. interpreting different symbols and stuff like that. It seems that it's Mm -hmm. a universal part of probably just uh, apophonia or apophenia like we talked about last week of us finding patterns and meaningless data and using that to try and predict the future. Yeah. And geomancy is part of that. Uh, Geomancy is a part of of divination that uses markings on the ground or soil, rock, and sand to tell its its part. It's because geomancy is part of what are called the classical elements. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know probably these earth, water, air, fire, and as far as I can tell, all of yes. these have forms of magic associated with them in different cultures that also yes. have divination as part of them. Earth, water, air, fire. We're back at bending. Back at bending, yeah. Or I ether. Did see, ether. I saw your I saw your tweet the other day that ACAB includes Toph, and that does make me sad. That does. Uh, Toph is an amazing character, but I'm actually playing. I'm actually playing in a tabletop role playing game right now that's set in the Avatar universe. And my character is an Earthbender, so it hurts even special hard. Um, but uh, the word geomancy comes from Greek, which makes sense. A uh, lo- lot of like you know, geography is a, a word that's about the study of the Earth, and uh, most Geo. names of scientific fields come from Greek. So geomancy makes sense. Makes sense. It was a popular form. Actually, it was one of the most popular forms of divination in Africa and Europe, especially during the Middle Ages and the Renaissance. Uh, but re- in Renaissance magic, geomancy was classified as something called one of the seven forbidden arts. So oh. geomancy was uh, considered like dark black magic alongside necromancy, hydromancy, aromancy, pyromancy, chiromancy, which is palm reading, and um, 
scapulomancy. Scapulomancy. Oh, I got to figure out what that one is. That sounds like fun. That's like, a, isn't that like a muscle? Your scapula? It is. Uh, oh, it's, it's, that's what the bones. It uses your, bones. your scapular bones. Oh, it's a bone thing, not a muscle. A divination by observation of a shoulder blade, usually as blotched or cracked from a fire. Cool. Whoa. Bone magic. Yeah. Back to the bones. So those are all the forbidden ones that you listed? They were considered the seven forbidden arts in uh, Renaissance era Europe. But the eighth forbidden art? Crocheting. (laughs) We just don't like it. It's too too much math. Too much graphs. We don't want it. Uh, So basically, it was a popular form of, of... divination so much so that it was considered evil but geomancy has like a very specific way that you do things and it has formalized so what you do is you have these 16 figures that uh have some sort of randomized way of of putting them like uh, of scattering them and what they do is create different lines and marks that you can then cross-reference with a book to try and determine what like your future is going to be Mm mm-hmm Oftentimes you use astrology to sort of augment the results. So you, there are 16 different random marks you get uh, with two points marked off at a time until one of the two points remain. The leftover points form the first four figures, which create the basis for the remaining figures. The figures are then entered into a specialized table called the shield chart, which provides a visual guide for interpreting it. And skilled geomancers can observe the chart and interpret the meanings of the figures based on where they place in the chart. The numerical significance of the total points and the similarities produced by by added figures. Um, there are different methods for interpreting the chart, search such as looking at the total sum of all the points in the 16 figures within the shield chart to determine the speed of the resolution. But to this point where uh, how complex this gets, uh, because it's like got a lot of like recursion and a lot of like randomness involved, there are mm-hmm. as many as 65,536 possible charts that can come out from uh, reinterpreting oh. or doing a standard geomancy uh, practice. Yeah. That's a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, geomancers in Europe tend to use the house chart, which has 12 astrological houses and assigns figures from the chart to the houses in the house chart. Um, so geomancers often will note down aspects between these figures and pass them on to other houses and especially ones that make aspects to other significators. It's extremely complicated. It's been around for a long time, so it's been developed into a real yeah. art form. Um, and this has been and also uh, in more recent times has become more uh like astrology has played a larger role in it i guess you should say hmm that's interesting so you would use your your relationship between your geomancy results and your uh zodiac to figure out different parts uh and link different parts to different parts of your body okay uh and then there's like planetary spirit and intelligences and genii that are all put into it um so even then you have things called judges which is that uh, so so of those 16 points only figures that have an even amount of points become what are called judges and each of the judges has 8192 charts associated with it this is a lot it's extremely track of yeah geomancers are extremely skilled at extremely complicated nonsense it's it's intense yeah and even then, a lot of traditional practitioners can uh, can figure out a lot just by like vibing off of it and looking at it. Um, so that's that's a lot. It it went it, it kind of fell out of favor, but then it came back in the 19th century when there was this uh, resurgence in interest in the occult. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, it has mythological associations. Uh, there's an Arabic text that talks about how 
One uh, philosopher named Idris saw the angel Jabril in a dream, and uh, that's how that's apparently the legend about how geomancy was taught. So Jabril is um, the Muslim version of the archangel Gabriel. Gabriel. I was going to say it sounds like Gabriel. Yeah. But which one's cooler? If you had to pick, if you had to pick sides religion wise, which one's cooler, Tristan? Ooh. What's hey, a- which one's which which angel is not not full religion? Which angel is cooler? Jabril or Gabriel? Yes. Between uh, the two of them, I don't have and any realize friends. Whatever answer you pick will make people upset. I don't have any friends named Gabriel. I do have a friend named Jabril, so I think Jabril will win on that front. All right. Points for Jabril. Well done. I remember Jabril because uh, we once met up at VidCon and uh, he was late to our meeting because he found a random corner of the um, convention center and took a nap. (laughs) (laughs) Cool guy. I love it. That's good. Yeah. So this is like, this is that. um, Mm -hmm. But that's classical geomancy as it's practiced mostly in like uh, the Middle East and in Europe. Um, Again, super complicated thing that uses like math and a bit of like numerology and like uh, and, and this like complex series of like correlating a bunch of different things. I say it's complicated, but the I Ching, which is a sort of version of divination that's done in East Asia with sticks, is also pretty mm-hmm. complicated for the exact same reasons. Um, basically, taking a, a, a sort of semi-randomized set of different combinations of symbols and then having a big complex chart to show what those symbols mean. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some forms of what you might call geomancy that isn't classical geomancy, but it is still using different earth or 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 landscape type things in order to uh, either improve your current situation in a sort of like a supernatural way or to try and tell the future. Big ones that come forward are something uh, in India, which is called uh, Vastu Shastra, which is this idea in Ooh. Hindu and Buddhism that um, basically is like about a sacred way of designing and doing the geometry of architecture. It's like a way of mm. building buildings that is like proper with like different ways about like uh, aligning with the earth and everything like that. Well, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, another version of it is in Kazakhstan, which is called Kumalak, mm-hmm. which is a uh, way to, instead of a divination, it's more of like a geomantic way of talking to your ancestors or talking to spiritual guides. Oh, uh, Geomancy often shows up in Korea to, they use the topography of the land to determine future events or the strength of a dynasty in an area. Mm-hmm. And another one that, another type of uh, version of this that's typically called geomancy is uh, a Chinese art called feng shui, which I'm sure I'm a lot of people have heard I've of heard at this of point. That. Yeah. The reason it's called ge- a form of geomancy is because Christian missionaries in uh, translated feng shui into geomancy, which means that now if you like look up stuff on geomancy, feng shui is like completely like it's in the same part of it, which is basically this idea. Okay. Feng shui is its own thing and it's an all intricate art, but it is essentially an idea of arranging rooms and building buildings in a way that uh, has good chi, just sort of like a, a an energy source that's uh, that's got yeah. less to do with yang. And I'm I'm delving into a lot of stuff that I did not, I do not know a whole lot about. So I'm going to step lightly, but that's to know that feng shui is often Mm -hmm. called a form of geomancy, but it's not really. Gotcha. I believe you. Also, geomancy shows up a lot in fantasy literature, often for magic that is about controlling the earth or metal or crystals, which is where you get into uh, your avatar earthbender people. Hmm. Uh, But one of the most 
popular versions of geomancy that I didn't get into is a sort of folk version of geomancy that's been big in Europe for thousands of years and also shows up a lot in Ancient Aliens. And that is dowsing. We're, hey, <laughs> I know this. We talked about this really early on. It comes up here and there every once in a while. This was like a, a somewhat new thing to me when we first started this podcast. And now I'm all about it. I'm all about dowsing. So for anybody who has, uh, who knows about Looney Tunes, you'll probably have an <laughs> idea of what dowsing is. So dowsing is this idea of being able to find like usually water, but also it's been used to try and find metal ore or different types of resources in the earth by using different types of equipment, typically using dousing rods, which uh, can sometimes be two metal rods that you hold like this. And then if they point a certain way, will point you towards what you're looking for. Or uh, more often today, a pendulum that you hold over top and it will like move in a direction yes. that you think. Or the most common Looney Tunes one, which is a sort of Y-shaped stick that will, yeah. that will guide you towards the water that you're looking for. Yes. There's been several studies done on dousing that have shown that it is indistinguishable from random chance. <laughs> it was a it is a it is considered a form of divination. It was banned by the Catholic Church. Martin Luther was also against it. The idea is that the um the divining rod is somehow affected by emanations or or something from the substance you're looking for, but has never really turned into anything. It's probably due to the idiomotor effect, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But I feel mm. like probably should be a topic for its own episode when there's going to be there's definitely going to be a better time for let's talk about dousing than this uh, episode. Yeah, um, we'll get into it. We need a whole episode mm-hmm. about that. So then the question is, what the hell's going on? What is this? What are, what, what, I what, what is this know. nonsense again? Well, the reason why Ancient Aliens is talking about geomancy and a misinterpretation of geomancy to mean just some form of nebulous energy, mm-hmm. you have to know that we're going back to the New Age movement. We got we're always there. We're always one foot in. Yeah. A, a one step in on the on the new age movement. Yeah, whenever you're talking about misinterpreting an ancient art as something that has to do with a nebulous thing that is whatever ancient aliens wants it to be, you're almost definitely going to be into uh, new age stuff because uh, new ages new age movement is basically a spiritual movement that started arising in the 1970s. But the problem mm-hmm. with it is that it's extremely eclectic. Very, it has no real like there's no dogma, there's no systematic stuff to it, so it's hard to really find an answer because basically the idea behind the new age movement is that everybody has their own sort of constellation of spiritual beliefs that's just pieced together through whatever bits and bobs of cultures and religions that you feel like or just different Mm -hmm. parts of esotericism so uh new age movement has some spiritualist stuff it's got some theosophy stuff and uh oftentimes also touches on ufo stuff and there's a lot of new agey ufo crossover uh yeah in that space uh and oftentimes like astrology and other forms of divination geomancy also plays a role to many new agers uh and mm. they 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 connect it to sort of uh what they just they they connected it with this like ley line which is also another new age adjacent type thing and mm-hmm. together may uh they basically conflated it into a production of what they just call energy just just energy yeah which just some energy well here's the thing so they can 
they, they call it energy in uh, a lot of new age circles. And you've probably heard it and you probably think of energy through this, but it's basically trying to conflate like energy, like the thing that's powering your computer right now. And right. what I called in all caps with spaces between them, between the letters, energy, <laughs> like energy. an esoteric sense. Um, so the basically, concept of energy. Yeah, yeah. Vibe energy or life force or whatever. <laughs> uh, so basically, it seems that what Ancient Aliens is trying to argue is that spaceships alien spaceships are being powered by like vibe energy like ley line energy so somehow you can turn energy into like watts and like power (laughs) oh so that you can take energy that's the energy that's just sort of all around us the energy yeah and then you can turn that into it can power my phone I guess that's that, ancient alien seems to be conflating those two terms anyway. All right. Um, but it's a, you know, energy is a big phenomenon. It's probably adopted from ideas like, uh, life force or chi or Ilan Vital, which show up in various different religious movements because a lot of religious movements criticize the new age movement for just picking and choosing stuff from their cultural heritage and just adopting it without, especially native American stuff. But I think in mm. this one, it was appropriation of chi in the kind of concept of, uh, of, Eastern, um, like Eastern spirituality. Gotcha. And, uh, and that, that shows up because David Childress in the episode, when talking about this, love him, refers to world grid theory in this as almost like acupuncture for the planet, which <laughs> should have just said everything you needed Come to know on. at that point. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Using uh, using these like you know building a pyramid on top of a ley line is like is like acupuncture for the Earth's energy forces that you can siphon it out and power your spaceships or whatever. We do need to turn the pyramid upside down though, because that's where the pointy part is at the top, and we need to put we need to put that into the Earth. Have you? I've had acupuncture before. Have you had acupuncture? I have not. Um, I it's not it's not a thing. Um, but I I well, so I got I won it in a contest um when i went on the cruise last year mm-hmm. i just won it in a raffle to get like a free acupuncture session on board and i was like well yeah it's free i'm gonna do it i will say this i don't i'm i'm quite positive no i'm not positive i just don't know if any science exists around it but i will say it was and maybe it was because I was also on a cruise and maybe it was because I wasn't paying for it, but it was relaxing and I liked it. So, well, I, I mean, if it was successful at being relaxing, but would I do it again if it was free? The general, I mean, I, I, it, acupuncture has a long history uh, in Chinese traditional medicine, but um, it's essentially using pins to uh, unlock blockages in your chakras and stuff like that. So it's, mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. again like, it, yeah, it's like a, it's a, sp- I would call it a spicy ASMR mm. quality to it where it was a little painful, but I did like it. I, I'm sure like, I don't actually know what like the numbers are, but like, I don't think it, it, it it's probably one of those things that's a decent way to like relax yourself and you might get some like you know uh you might get mm-hmm. some like placebo effect health benefits oh, sure. but for the most part like don't don't do it to try and like cure your cancer or something like that no don't do that but if it's but like if it's free if it's free and you're on a cruise sure yeah man go why for not it. uh it, the worst you can do is get an infection from getting tons of needles put in your face um if it's not a credible place well we were out at sea so there's no laws 
Ah, so perfect. What could I have done? Yeah. Um, the thing is that like, there's also things like energy medicine that tries to um, manipulate energy. Reiki, I think, is one of the more hilarious ones, which is a form of alternative medicine that involves like basically waving your hands over people. Now that's some ASMR stuff. Yeah, love that. Um, some some situations also uh involve something called negative energy, which is the kind of energy that attracts ghosts or demons. Oh. Wait, you so you want the ghosts and demons? No, no, it's bad. It's bad energy. Oh, the bad energy. I get you. I see what you're saying. I thought you were like, yeah, this one will attract demons. That's great. I need some demons inside me. Yeah. If you ever find yourself watching like a ghost hunter show or anything that has to do with haunted houses, very often the people who consider themselves ghost hunters or psychics who who specialize in like finding demons or ghosts, they typically talk about like the bad energy of places. So it's sort of like that. Yeah. Um, again, that's a weird, it's a weird way to look at it because um, that basically energy in a new age sense has infinite interpretations that really don't have any real meaning because energy has a real like it has it's a real word that has a real definition which is um it's essentially a way of saying measurable work capability because mm-hmm. because energy is basically something's capacity to perform work it's not gotcha. uh, it's not like a glowing cloud of vibes and so my energy is at zero before i've had my coffee <laughs> <laughs> Well, really what, like, for example, kind of going back to caffeine, caffeine doesn't really give you energy. It just um, blocks receptors in your brain that tell you you're tired. Yeah, it doesn't. It actually makes things worse for me because I will still be super drowsy, but my body will never let me sleep. (laughs) I'll just be jittery, but I'm like. But my brain doesn't want to mm-hmm. do anything. Yeah. The only, what is energy is like food because food has calories in it. If you want to think like the thing is energy is a measurable thing. It's measured in calories. Yes. So does that mean that like the negative energy of ghosts can be like turned into a viable power source? Man. Now oh, the- ghost power. Actually, that's actually the plot of the the RPG Blades in the Dark where they use oh. ghosts as like an energy source. Ghost power. Yeah. I mean, what else are they doing? Nothing. They're just sitting around. It's true. Put them to work. But essentially what we're talking about here is a... They can pull themselves up by their <laughs> bootstraps. Oh, there there you go. We got it. Thank we got you. there. That was the right answer. Yay. Um, so to kind of put this all together, uh, what Ancient Aliens was trying to do is trying to take this sort of new age concept of energy, conflate it with actual energy, which is, you know, power and electricity and stuff. Yes. And then, uh, so talk to basically to try and make a claim that UFOs and people in ancient times were tapping the, the vibes, the spiritual life force of the planet to turn into actual measurable electrical power. Yeah, baby. Then they called that geomancy, even though what they're talking about is a reinterpretation of ley lines and world grid theory. But geomancy is a real term that is a reference to a form of divination that involves uh, different symbols and mathematics and astrology and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so, so they're just, they're getting, they're trying to say this thing that doesn't even feel like they're just, they're either mixing stuff up or they're getting it wrong on purpose or they're just like, I don't know. This is a very confusing one to me. It fits very hard on the new age thing, which is they just took a bunch of things that they liked the sound of, just conflated yeah. a bunch of stuff because maybe there was some similar words. And then they just kind of rolled with it because uh, in, in new age circles, your spiritual uh, ideas or your ideas about how the world works can just be whatever your vibes say. So so energy. Uh, so I guess people in the past were hump catting their way through uh, their problems. 
pump catting. I don't know what that means. Um, it's what you. It's the kind of sports that you do when you're too energetic for regular sports because of power. Oh, thirst. from energy. <laughs> yeah, I get it. We're back. <laughs> Gosh, I haven't seen that in so long. <laughs> So, so, so you have, not a, back you a, have a, a much uh, stronger memory of that than I do. <laughs> I have, I, 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 I say my mom has a, uh, my mom's memory is like a bear trap. Nothing ever escapes. And I have inherited yeah. that to an extent. I have a ridiculously good memory for weird details like that. Uh, cause I probably haven't seen the power first thing in like 10 years either, but I'll remember that, you know, um, That's so funny. you'll have two, what's it called? You'll have 400 babies. Um, you'll have so many babies. 400 babies for all of you people listening who were not born in the 20th century do not century, look it up um, this is a meme <laughs> from like the ancient internet um, from like when Scott and I were like high school probably age probably so problematic yeah probably <laughs> I think there's it's some stuff about energy. I think there's a whole thing about Kenyans that I think is not great. So, oh, you're right. I think it's, oh, actually, God. I think it's just a reference to the fact that they run fast. And Kenya is a country that has produced a whole lot of really good runners. So I guess I don't yeah. know if that's terrible, but uh, I don't know. That's geomancy. It has nothing to do with men. Um, yeah, that's geomancy. Power <laughs> thirst is, is geomancy. You know what? Uh, power using ancient aliens energy. logic. Power thirst is is energy. It is it is. It is menergy. It is geomancy. Geomancy energy drink. That'd be good. We could we could start we pr- that. Try geomancy that, you know what we energy drink. It puts the man in geomancy. <laughs> <laughs> you know what we do as we're like playing around with this idea of like merch, like having the glow in the dark T-shirts. We should mm-hmm. have a we should have a water bottle that's that has that's like geomancy a fake geomancy uh, energy yeah drink. like energy drink geomancy water. I'd buy bottle that. Or I'd something. buy that for a dollar. That and the uh, the it's probably not aliens glow in the dark logo shirt. Those, yeah. Those are good. If you have any other good ideas, if you have any insane (laughs) uh, episode references that you think should be made into merchandise that actually people pay money for, you can tell us about it at at probs, not aliens on Twitter. You sure can. And on Instagram as well. I'm trying to post stuff there, especially as we have pictures of stuff. This episode didn't have too many pictures, but maybe I'll post. Maybe I'll do some geomancy symbols and stuff. Maybe I'll just do some geomancy. Maybe I'll just post a picture of Toth. Who knows? Um, You can also uh, follow my YouTube channel. It's called Step Back. It's great. I do a lot of cool stuff over there. It's the best YouTube channel on the planet. No, wait, sorry. That's Tristan's. Mm. Tristan's YouTube channel is called Step Back, and it's the best one on the planet. Yeah, you can go to stepbackhistory.com. My latest video is on the Iraq war, but I should have a video coming out about the conspiracy. I'm debunking another conspiracy theory, this time cultural Marxism. So have fun with that. That. Um, Heck yeah. Yeah. Uh, but Scott, I heard Me. that you also dabble in the YouTube arts. Trying to. Uh, as I talked about in the last episode, yeah, I'm definitely trying to get in. I'm trying to. I'm trying to do more little videos. I do a lot of big, long ones that are like really heavily scripted and researched and very highly produced, I like to think anyway. And uh, I just want to do stuff where I sit at my desk and I just talk about something that I'm interested in and um, bring back bring back those vibes, you know? Sweet. I like it. Yeah. Just be more chill. Not worry about things. I'm never going to die. What even is death? 
you can also find there's a there are many great ways you can support this uh, podcast that we do. One of them is by signing up for Nebula nebula.tv slash probably not aliens. Mm-hmm. It's where you can listen to ad free versions of this podcast as well as they're a week early. Yeah. So, so if you want next week's episode on uh, wormholes and teleportation, wormholes. you can do so right now. You can listen to it right now. Unless you're listening, listening to this on, on Nebula. Nebula. Yeah. Then you have to wait say. a week. I'm sorry. Yeah, we can't do that unless you found some sort of time travel world. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Anyway, you can also write us reviews on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us out. Uh, I always say this. I get emails every time someone sends us, uh, writes us a nice review on Apple Podcasts and I read them and they're very good. Uh, so thank you to everyone who's been doing that and also just telling your friends about the show. That's the best way, the biggest way, the most important way, maybe I would say, who knows that, uh, the show grows just by word of mouth. So, mm-hmm. um, we really appreciate it. We're growing, growing good, growing fast. Yep. I love it. This year has been great for us. My so dad, we appreciate everyone. My dad recently retired and, uh, when he was over at my house on the weekend, I was trying hard to be like, Hey, you would like this podcast, my YouTube channel, it's a whatever dad podcast, my dad. My dad was into UFO stuff. He was a big X-Files fan in the 90s. So I'm like, dad, watch this. This this podcast is for dads. Mm-hmm. This is the dad cast. And that's it. This is the dad podcast. Manergy. The place that you can send them is to probsnotaliens.com. Probsnotaliens.com. It's got links to all the different places you can listen to it. Uh, this show. We should be pretty much everywhere, but that's the best place you can send people. So go do that. Until next time. My name is Scott Nicewander. I'm Tristan Johnson, and the truth is out there. Oh, he's rolling some dice. The fates say probably? Oh, he was rolling bones. It was just a handful of D&D dice, but I was trying to pretend it was a geomancy thing. Roll some bones. I don't have any bones. They have that D20 made of human bones. You have so many bones inside of you, Tristan. <laughs> you can sacrifice some. For the content. For the, for the content.